Welcome to Bread of Life, a listener-supported program of Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about CPE, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It is another good day to go to the Word of God and there look to Jesus Christ as our only Savior and our complete sufficiency in all things. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hoogen. God stokes the passions for personal revival through our unfulfilled desires to be holy and our failed attempts to find that holiness in the practice of the common means of grace. You go to church, you pray, you read your Bible, you serve, you give witness to Christ, and still you find that something is missing, and you are supposed to find that something is missing. Those expressions of faithfulness are meant to be pathways to finding your way into the fullness of Christ alone from day to day. Don't make the mistake of thinking you'll find life in them. You will only find life in Christ. But if you're going to come to a desperate desire for revival in your life, you're still going to have to have that desire to be holy. And you're still going to have to walk down those pathways, those means of grace. So now, let's get desperate for Christ together. These individuals had hoped that coming into these means of grace, they would find the power for holiness, and they didn't find it in these things. John Bunyan gave his life to Christ, became passionate, learned more of the things of God. And those days, you know, the church would work through a prayer book, and every morning and every evening there would be a devotional in the church, and then they'd have their special worship on Sundays. And John Bunyan made sure he was there Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Monday morning, Monday evening, for all of them. In fact, he was so consistent in being there to be subjected to all and to be a part of all this and to learn and all these things, designing to go and designing fellowship from the church that they made him the bell ringer in the church because he wanted to be holy. But John Bunyan, in his grace abounding to the chief of sinners, tells us that he felt so miserable in his failure to achieve holiness in his life that when he would ring the bell, he was always afraid that God would let the bell come loose from its moorings and come crashing down on him in judgment because he was such a failure. There all the time. You ring the bell. You're the first one here to church. You're the last one to leave. You ring the bell. You do all these things. And he felt himself a failure. Hudson Taylor was the leader of the China Inland Missionary in China for 15 years before Hudson Taylor will tell us that he began to drink deeply from this well again as he had first done when he first came to Christ. Somewhere along the time in which he was ministering in China, he wrote a letter back to his mother. Everybody would have looked at Hudson Taylor and said, man, there's a missionary statesman. There's a guy who's sacrificing his life and bringing the gospel to the ends of the earth. He's everything that we ought to be. He's succeeding. Hudson Taylor writes to his mother and says this, expressing his own desperation. My own position becomes continually more and more responsible and my need greater of special grace to fill it. But I continually mourn that I follow so far behind the Savior and learn so slowly to imitate my precious master. I cannot tell you how I am attracted at times by temptation. I never knew how bad a heart I had. Yet I do know I love God, and I love his work, and I desire to serve him only in all things. Do pray for me that the Lord will keep me from sin, will sanctify me wholly, will use me more largely for his service. Today we think that a good Christian is somebody who's active in the church and who's making it his goal to serve others and make other people known and that this is what will make them holy and we're wrong. Oswald Chambers, who wrote that wonderful book, My Utmost for His Highest, has written a number of other wonderful devotionals. 
expresses the conflict in his own life as he was continuing to serve God and go around and teach around the countryside. Let me read to you his testimony. I was in Dunan College as a tutor in philosophy when Dr. F.B. Meyer came and spoke about the Holy Spirit. I determined to have all that was going and went to my room and asked God simply and definitely for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever that meant. From that day on for four years, nothing but the overruling grace of God and the kindness of friends kept me from going insane. God used me during those years for the conversion of souls. God used me during those years for the conversion of souls. But I had no conscious fellowship with him. The Bible was the dullest, most uninteresting book in existence. And the sense of depravity, the vileness and bad motivatedness of my nature was amazing. I see now that God was taking me by the light of the Holy Spirit and his word to see every reality of myself without Christ. In other words, God was using the common means of grace to show me what a wretch I was in my own flesh and in my own power and by my own physical efforts. Paul came to the same experience, right? He cried out, a wretched man that I am. He goes on and says, The last three months of those years, things reached a climax. I was getting very desperate. That's angst. I knew no one had what I wanted. In fact, I did not know what I did want, but I knew that if what I had was all that Christianity was, the thing was a fraud. This is my point. These men prayed, they read their Bibles, they fellowshiped in church, they sat under good teaching, they themselves ministered the gospel. All of these things were ways into grace, but they only seemed to build within them a greater despair. They were discovering that these things could not, would not bring them into holiness by themselves. They were only a way into grace. They were not grace itself. Just a way. And their desperation grew, and it was boiling. And it was when this angst and this desperation reached its zenith in their lives that God graciously opened up before them, having seen the implications of their own flesh and their own effort to just try to do it right and find accountability from other individuals and somehow baptize themselves and immerse themselves in the things of the church. And this will, this will make me the kind of Christian that's holy and Christ-like. When they saw that it wasn't working, they saw that they couldn't produce anything that God had produced in them when they first came to Him by their own effort and by their own labors. When they were completely desperate, they came to a moment of desperate confession, repentance. They are awakened to the reality of their own flesh again. And they repented of themselves and in a moment, they claimed by faith Christ as all that they needed. And at that very moment, in that very sublime and simple moment, nothing profound, just what they had learned at the first, the well began to open up again. And God began to pour out His Spirit, filling Him with His own power and with His own presence. And they began to drink deep of Christ Himself. Let me read to you what Oswald Chambers describes as what brought an end to this struggle that he had gone through for over four years, where he came back to the well of his salvation. He was meditating on Luke chapter 11, verse 13, where the Lord Jesus speaks of evil men who know how to give good gifts. And then he says, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? 
If an evil person knows how to give a good gift to his little child when he asks for it, food, how much more will your Heavenly Father give to you, His Holy Spirit, if you'll just ask, exhausted and tired in all his failed human energies to be holy, he saw a promise in that word given to a hungry little child. And in that moment, the well opened up to him and he, by faith, just drank in Jesus. And this is what he would write about that experience. If the four years before that time had been hell on earth, these five years since have been truly heaven on earth. Glory be to God, the last aching hole in the human heart is filled to overflowing with the love of God. Love is the beginning, love is the middle, love is the end. After he comes in, all you see is Jesus only, Jesus ever. And there's his testimony. Hudson Taylor, after 15 years of struggling as the director of China Inland Mission and feeling this miserableness of never being able to come into this holy life, describes the moment in which that life opened up to him. He thought that he would give all his efforts and lend all his powers, and then he would take a little bit of sap, a little bit of strength for Jesus for each task that he had. Lord, I'm going to give the gospel out to you. Give me some power. Lord, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to deal with this temptation. Give me a little help. And he failed. Then one day he was meditating on the gospel of John where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And he writes, as I thought of the vine and the branches, what light the blessed spirit poured into my soul. How great seemed my mistake in having wished to get the sap, the fullness out of him. I saw not only that Jesus would never leave me, but that I was a member of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. The vine now I see is not the root merely, but all. Root, stem, branches, twigs, leaves, flowers, fruit. And Jesus is not only that, he is the soil and he is the sunshine and he is the air and he is the rain and 10,000 times more than we've ever dreamed or wished or needed. Oh, the joy of seeing that he was everything. He was everything. And this is the song that he began to sing around the well of his salvation once again. This is what happens when you get past the rubble that's in the well and you begin to drink deep of the life of Jesus Christ as all that you need. When he becomes everything that brings life and puts to death as he lives in you all the energies of the flesh. Listen to me. Flesh is flesh and we have it. And when it pursues evil, it is evil. But listen, flesh is flesh and it is evil even when we use it to pursue good. When we take our own fleshly powers and say, this is how I'm going to live the Christian life, it doesn't produce anything good. It doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't produce the holy life that we long for, that God put in us. The only one who can produce that life is the Lord Jesus. That's why He came in us. That's why He lives in us. What we have to do is come to an end of ourselves and our own self-dependence and say, Jesus, submerse me in you. Pour your life into me by your power and by your strength. Well, we're going to talk about this some more. We're going to talk about how we get back to it. But that's the note of revival. That's what happens in revival. It's the accelerating work of God leading us in the greater and greater spiritual growth when we become completely and utterly dependent upon the life of Christ alone. Alone, with nothing added. 
It comes when we let his life so flow through us that we let him knock out from our life everything that we've said, oh, that's just the way I am. Oh, I'm an okay person. Oh, listen, I'm trying my best. No, God, blow it out so that you're everything in my life. But here's the question now. Is there a sense of need in your life for this? Is there a sense of need that this is what the church needs in North America? This is what our nation needs more than anything else. Is there? Here's the next question. Can you prove it? Are you desperate? Is there angst? Is there longing? Let me give you just a few points of application. And one of them is this. Don't abandon the common means of grace because they didn't produce holiness in your life. That's what a generation has done. They've been promised that if you just do these things, you'll be a good Christian. And they did it. They weren't satisfied. So they said, well, why read my Bible? Why pray? Why go to church? They didn't produce the holiness I long for. Don't abandon the common means of grace because it didn't produce holiness in your life. Understand it was a means into grace. And they're ordained of God. And so read your Bible and pray and go to church and get good instruction and share the gospel. But... Don't expect that those things will produce the holiness you need in your life. Seek the life of Christ to fuel and empower those things and make them a blessing in your life. The next one is this. Seek practical holiness. Don't make the Christian life just a general statement of being a feel-good person who just looks good on the surface. The Bible, the New Testament, doesn't give us that low a bar. The Bible lifts up before us specific instructions on how we're to live and you should aspire to them because they're telling us how Christ would live through you. Bottom line, do what makes you thirsty for Christ. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this message, call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next time, God bless you.